almost two years. I worked hard through the corporate political battle because I had people that did not want me to succeed. But I had others that were rallying behind me. And I worked and I worked. And two years later, the proposal was accepted and things went through. And I was standing in a huge conference room with many of my peers. And the vice president of human resources called me up to the front of the room. He handed me that plaque, which was a managerial award. And he handed me a sizable check. And in that moment, I had the applause of all of my peers. I was on cloud nine. And as I shared that story with my friends, these beautiful women in this marriage class, tears started trickling down my cheeks. What should have ended on a high note ended up with me falling apart on stage. You see, my two worlds had collided. I remember that person that used to be successful and used to be able to accomplish anything. But in that moment, the only thing I saw was loser mom. I had four teenagers living under my roof. They were 19, 17, 16, and 13. And yes, some of you know what that's like. But for me, I had one of those children that had sent me to the balcony of our church. I lived there as a hermit because I knew, I just knew what people had to be saying about me. Can you believe she let her out of the house wearing that outfit? Oh my goodness. I was getting phone calls from youth pastors. Debbie, we don't know how to tell you this, but we don't know what to do. There were teachers that went to my daughter's school and they would pull me aside and say, I don't know if you know what's going on at school right now, but it's not good. So I locked myself in my own little prison because I didn't want to hear those things. I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to be successful with my kids. But nothing I did changed the fact that my child was determined to do what she was going to do. So I hid. The only reason I took that marriage class was because, one, I wanted to know what kind of training there was out there because I was hearing of all the changes in people's lives. But I needed friendship. I needed women in my life. About a year prior to that, Things had gotten so bad in our home, I didn't know what to do. And in that moment, we were sending her to counseling. 
We were doing everything that we knew to do. And finally, after an assessment, we had three therapists come to us and say, we think you need to remove her from your home. If you don't, we're afraid what's going to happen with your other kids. Oh my ladies, you have no idea what that feels like. My husband and I weren't sure what to do. But an event happened on Christmas Day that we knew we had to take action. It was a struggle for the next eight months. We were doing counseling on the phone and I caught myself being much more reserved with the way I spoke to her. I wanted to make sure she heard what I had to say and that she heard my heart. Because I wasn't dealing in the day-to-day, -day, I didn't have to react. I could plan ahead and do a little bit of responding to what was going on. So here I was now in this Daughters of Sarah class, standing on stage with tears coming down my face. And my two worlds had collided to the point that I knew that God needed to teach me something. What I began to realize that my identity was wrapped up in the external determined by the behavior of my child. Anybody ever feel that way? You want to hide because of what your kids have done? It's a terrible place to be. In that moment, I felt like Peter. I love the scripture that Rosemary shared with us because you know, uh, everything's going on out here, and that's where our focus is. The storms of life are tossing us to and fro, and we may be Christians, but our identity needs to be in the audience of one, Jesus Christ. Our focus needs to be on him, and that's what I began to learn. Fast forward after that time of tears on stage, several weeks, I came to the Daughters of Sarah class late because I had had a fight with my daughter and it had been quite a doozy. She had returned home and I would love to have said that things were going better, but they were going downhill quickly. As I came into the classroom, there were small groups doing different activities all around the room. And rather than interrupt, I just sat quietly in the room waiting for them to finish their, their assignments. And I was looking around at the women and I was noticing and contemplating the change that I had seen in some of their lives. I knew what God was doing in my life. He had my attention now. But to see the difference 
in some of these women and how they were handling life situations was just a delight to watch. I sat there with my trainer hat on because that's just who I am. I wanted to see what was going on behind the scenes in the classroom that was creating this change. And as I sat there, thanking God, because that's what we were learning. We were learning to give gratitude in those moments, even when you're struggling to find what to be thankful for. But as I sat there, I heard a still small voice, and God said, Debbie, you're going to take this training method, and you're going to write a parenting course. Now, ladies, I'm sorry, but I almost laughed out loud. Me, loser mom, write a parenting course? Who's going to listen to me? I've been a failure in that category, Lord. And things aren't going very well right now either. So there's no way. And then in that same moment, I remember Moses being asked to lead the Israelites out of Egypt when they were in bondage. And he said, no, Lord, I can't do that. I'm slow of speech. I'm hesitant when I talk. You can't use me. And I paused and I went, okay, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask. But here's the deal. I will do what you ask me to do. But you've got to make it happen. Because I don't have the energy because I'm focused over here on these kids. I just want to survive my day. Two days later, my telephone rang. I'm happy to say that that woman is sitting in this room. She called me and she said, Debbie, I was told you're struggling with a daughter. I too have a daughter that's struggling. Would you come over and maybe we have coffee so I can have someone to talk to? Okay, Lord, I got it. We met. We had a beautiful time. We've had a friendship ever since. The next day, my phone rang again. Debbie, I have a friend that has a son. He's out of control and she doesn't know who to talk to. Would it be okay if I give her your name? Of course I said yes. It is through our pain that God gives us ministry, ladies. We don't know what we're doing. I was loser mom. But God was giving me the privilege to walk beside other women. It was a very small scale. But sometimes all we have to do is say yes. After that 
marriage class was over, God just kept saying, Debbie, it's time to work on your stuff. You've been so focused out here with the storms that you've had a storm brewing inside of you. And so what I did is I found three studies that I went through that focused on our childhood. You know, ladies, things happen to us when we're growing up, and they affect us when we become adults. I started working through my stuff. God had me work through my sexual abuse. Oh, was that hard. But he taught me so many things through the process. He taught me about forgiveness. He taught me what it meant to be strong and courageous. God started laying scriptures on my heart in dealing with my children. Because as I sat, had sat in that marriage class, I was taking the things that I was learning and applying into my home. Scripture says to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, what is right, pure, lovely, whatever is admirable. Could I do that with my kids? Because I always want to pick out what's wrong and what they didn't do and what they needed to work on. The tongue has the power of life or death. Forgive me, Lord, for the things that I've said to my children. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Be quick to listen and slow to speak and slower to become angry. I started taking those scriptures and planting those into my heart and mind so that when I interacted with the people in my home, they saw a different person. They saw a gentler, humbler Tigger. I would like to say that things got better in our home, but that strong-willed child was now 19. She moved out, and my heart broke. She moved in with a boyfriend. Everything that I wanted for her, all my hopes and dreams were shattered. I didn't know what I was going to do. But God was very specific with me. He said, you will pursue a relationship with her. And that's what I did. I would invite her to lunch. And I would listen. I got into her world. I didn't tell her what to do. I didn't tell her what she should do. And I didn't tell her what she was, supposed to, she was doing wrong. I backed up. And I just listened. When she would ask my opinion, I would say, you know, honey, I can tell you what I might do. 
But I think you already know the answer to that. We got to a point where she would call me and we would talk for hours, especially when things were going really bad, because I knew they would. During that same time, God called me to Greater Impact Ministries. I have this daughter spinning over here, and God's weaving his story over here. Nina Rosner and I wrote a parenting class called Generations. God was fulfilling what he wanted, and it wasn't based on my feelings or what I thought about myself. We kept moving forward and eventually we had the idea to write the book with all due respect. Now you have to remember, I told God, he's got to make things happen. I wasn't going to do it. I did not know Nina had submitted the transcript to Thomas Nelson Publishing. I did hear that they turned it down. And I went, okay, Lord, that's fine. My identity is not tied up in anything that I'm doing. It needs to be tied up in you, and you've got to make it happen. As I was going on, I'm working on this relationship with my daughter. And I have something really exciting happening in my life because my thirdborn was getting married. And my daughter and I are standing in a parking garage at the mall getting ready to go dress shopping. It was a special day for me. I was so excited. Things were really starting to happen in our relationship. And as I was standing there, we had just gotten out of the car. She looked at me and she's shaking and she said, Mom, I need to tell you something. I said, okay, honey, you can tell me anything. She goes, no, I have to tell you something and you're not going to like it. I said, okay. And she hesitated and she paused. And I finally looked at her and I said, honey, just say it. She said, Mom, I'm a heroin addict. My heart crumbled. I could barely stand and pull myself together. And I wrapped my arms around her and I said, honey, it doesn't matter what you do. I will always love you. What do you need from me in this moment? She said, Mom, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job, so I have eight days of vacation. Can I come stay at your house and detox? I let my daughter, a heroin addict, come back home. It was a rough week. At the end of eight days, I felt like, wow, this is real progress. And she went 
right back to her drug addict boyfriend. That same week, I found out that Thomas Nelson had picked up the book. They came back to us and they said, we've changed our mind. We think the message needs to get out. Again, I'm in this quandary. God is doing this over there, but why isn't he helping my situation with my daughter? My two worlds were in direct opposition. They were colliding. But I knew that my job was to keep my eyes on Jesus Christ because he was the only one that was going to help me walk on water through this situation. I'd like to say that things got better, but they didn't. She lost her job. She ended up in jail. She ended up in a jail rehab program. Not once, but twice in a year. My world was crumbling. But I knew God was moving. I remember sitting in my office late one night. This was the second time I had just gotten word that she was back in jail rehab again. And in that moment, I just asked God, Lord, I don't know what to write her. I knew she loved my letters. I'd said everything I could possibly say to her. And God said, Debbie, teach her what I've taught you. Novel idea. <laughs> and then, with the humor that God usually speaks to me, he said, after all, she's a captive audience. She ain't going anywhere. Maybe she'll listen this time. So I started writing her letters about forgiveness. She knew about my sexual abuse, but she didn't know how I had been able to forgive the person that abused me. And so what I did is, you know those cute little pictures on Facebook? You know, the one of the little girl and the big dog, and the big dog's licking the little girl's face. And I printed those off, and I put words across them, and I said, Jesus loves you, and so do I. There was another picture of beautiful hot air balloons in many, many colors. And I wrote across that one, forgiveness equals freedom. I took picture after picture and wrote scripture verses on them. And I wrote the scriptures that I had learned about forgiveness. I told the story of my sexual abuse. I told her what freedom meant. And I put them in the mail. I got a letter back very, very quickly and she said, Mom, guess what? Those pictures you're sending, keep sending them. I've been able to post them on the cafeteria wall with tape. And I went, okay. 
facility you're not allowed to have tape because they smuggled drugs in on the sticky part. They were using tape, ladies. And there are scripture verses all over the cafeteria. <coughs> she shared the letter with her bunkmate. And her bunkmate had also been sexually abused. And that bunkmate shared it with another girl who shared it with another girl who shared it with another girl. And in that moment, my daughter wrote to me and she said, keep writing, Mom. She said, my parole officer has said that I can lead a small group using your letters and the scriptures and what you have learned. Ladies, I was doing ministry in jail with my daughter. I had no idea what God was doing when I said yes. He doesn't work the way we think he works. We don't know what he will do with the story that he's weaving in us. In early May of last year, my daughter called me. We were supposed to have lunch, and I was already on the way to pick her up. I would like to say she was clean, but she wasn't. She called me and she said, Mom, I know you're on your way, but I need to come stay at your house. My boyfriend's kicked me out. I kept praying all the way there that this was her rock bottom. She came and stayed at our house for seven days. And it was a beautiful time. God gave us time to really talk. I was able to share things on my heart. We were trying to get her in a Christian rehab facility. But as things were, all the beds were filled. So we were waiting. And sure enough, seven days later, the boyfriend showed up at our house. And he was sorry. And she should come back and stay. And I watched my daughter walk out of our home. It hurt. I had such hope. And three weeks later, on May 30th, 2017, I got the phone call that my daughter had overdosed and she was gone. But ladies, I am standing here today because my identity is not wrapped up in what is happening around me. I am here because my eyes are focused on Jesus Christ and he works all things together for his good and for our good. Ladies, I have had the privilege in the last four months of walking beside four precious women that are 
dealing with their children that are drug addicts. I can minister to them because I've been there. I know what it's like and I know what the pain feels like. I've had two women who are dealing with transgender children issues and the sexual promiscuity that is going on out there, the alcohol, the cutting. There is so much pain in this world out here. But God calls us he says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. I know that there are many of you who have gone through painful experiences. And my question to you is, have you locked yourself in a prison? <coughs> have you pulled yourself in and are so inwardly focused that you forget that if you have your eyes on Jesus, he will allow you to see the hurt and the pain that is going on around you. There are storms in people's lives. There may be a storm in your life. Are you looking at what God wants from you? Are you saying, God, use me or do you see yourself as that loser who can't take the next step? My prayer for each and every one of you, I'm guessing that there are several in this room that have probably lost your children. Or maybe you have children that have not walked with the Lord and are not walking with the Lord. But God calls us to be in relationship with those kids, to love them, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And that means our kids. It means those people that are hurting around us. My prayer for you is that you will take time and think about the story that God is weaving in your life. God designed each and every one of us with purpose. Are you fulfilling what God has called you to do? Ladies, there's a mission field out there. I don't know if you're sitting in this room and maybe you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Maybe there are storms all around and just like Peter, you want to walk on that water, but you're afraid. I'm telling you that Jesus is saying, come, come. All ye who are weary and are heavy burdened, he will give us rest. Will you bow your heads with me to your heavenly father? We thank you for the beautiful women that are in this room. And Lord, I know that there are many out here that are struggling with whatever the prison is that holds them hostage. 
I pray, Lord, that they will be able to put their eyes focused on you and that you will help them walk on water wherever you have put them. Help them to speak into the women's lives that are hurting around them. And Lord, if there is someone in this room that doesn't know you, I pray that she will find someone who can introduce you to her, Lord. Lord, I just give you glory and honor for what you're going to do in each woman's life in this room. We give you praise and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Rejoicing for his life. 
Cross. It made the difference. 